Let's get into it. Let's talk about Europe. Let's talk about America. Let's talk about Vladimir Putin. We're going to answer a very fundamental question tonight on the show, which is why is Europe and, frankly, the United States terrified of Russian President Vladimir Putin? Hint, it's not actually about hypersonic missiles. Uh, it's not about his heavy weapons um, or his takeover of Ukraine. It's none of those things. No, it's none of those things. The answer actually might surprise you. Um, but first, some context on all of this. The the fear of Putin was on full display yesterday. Um, you may have noticed that simultaneously, uh, Boris Johnson of the UK and President Biden of the United States announced a new front in the NATO war against Russia. Um, it was simultaneously a continued attack on the collapsing middle class across the world of both Europe and America. In the United States, the middle class is almost non-existent at this point. It's been virtually decimated. Um, even though these politicians pay lip service to it, right? President Biden runs on the power of the middle class, and yet, you know, they're doing nothing to help the middle class at all. In Europe, it's declining rapidly, the middle class. Of course, if you listen to the New York Times, uh, it's all Spain's fault. Um, laughable, to be sure. Here's their headline. Europe's middle class is shrinking. Spain bears much of the pain. Okay, sure. Really, pick on the little guy. Pick on the guy who's really not driving any of the European policies right now, but that's that's okay. Of course, Biden and Boris Johnson didn't frame it that way. They don't frame it that, hey, all of this money we're sending to Ukraine will ultimately destroy our way of life. They don't say that. Instead, they 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 don't even admit that it's going to you know destroy the middle class, um, upend the liberal world order. No, instead they actually blame Vladimir Putin time and time again for this. It's Putin's fault, of course, that we need to send billions of dollars to Ukraine. It's it's his fault that we need to shell out all of these weapon systems. It's his fault that you need to go further into poverty and can't get food on your table and can't pay your electric bills. It's all Putin's fault, right? That's what they've been telling us. In fact, to remind us of this, Boris Johnson flew to Ukraine, and again yesterday uh, made their position incredibly clear, the UK's position. It's Putin's fault that we have to suffer, and make sure that you do not push for a peace settlement. Listen. We in the UK will not for one second give in to Putin's economic blackmail. We're paying in our energy bills for the evils of Vladimir Putin the people of Ukraine are paying in their blood. That this is not the time to advance some flimsy plan for negotiation with someone who is simply not interested. You can't negotiate with a bear while it's eating your leg, and you can't negotiate with a street robber who has pinned you to the floor. Today I can tell you that more artillery, uh, artillery uh, more ammunition is on its way in. Oh, okay, great. So more ammunition is on its way. More artillery is on its way. Do not, do not, under any circumstances, call for peace. Again, I'm here to remind you, don't call for peace. Remember, I visited about four months ago, me, Boris Johnson, to remind you not to have peace settlements. Don't do that. Do not do that. We're going to continue to send you more weapons, but we're standing strong. And the UK, the reason our energy prices are going up is because it's all Putin's fault. So almost at the same time Boris was speaking, these flags started showing up all over British social media, and now they've gone viral around the world. Here it reads, you'll be cold in the winter because they need it more. Although Twitter is marking these as harmful content. Yeah, so now it's harmful content. 
Yes. Purportedly showing these London billboards. Uh, they're probably fake photos, but it really doesn't matter if, if they're just mock-ups or if they are real, does it? Does it really matter at all? Because the because message... Because the sentiment is absolutely what they're trying to... They're just saying, we're going to pay for it in gas, so you'll be a little colder. Yeah, they've you, gone viral right. because so they've struck okay. a nerve. They've struck a nerve. So it really doesn't matter if these are actual London billboards or not. Specifically, Twitter is marking these flags that are going viral as manipulated media, okay. right? So, I mean, that's very confusing to someone who reads this. And What does that mean, manipulated well, media? Well, the, the problem with some of these photos is that I cropped in because I didn't want to show what is clearly manipulated media on the far right side of the photo. You can seek these out on social media if you want, but they show people tied up to telephone poles wrapped around with tape, which is obviously happening all over uh, Ukraine. Uh, we don't need to go into details about that, but you know what what what's happening, right? We've shown you these videos in the past, and by the way, we've gotten demonetized for showing it to you. So the violence uh, in Ukraine. So these and it shows them off to the side. So anyway, is that the part that's been added on and photoshopped, or is it the actual billboard? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. It's a distraction because the message is viral. It struck a nerve. It tells a fundamental truth that these Western governments believe, which is that we're going to hurt. Putin by making it illegal for Americans and Europeans to buy Russian energy. That's what that's what the sentiment is. For the Western world, it's going to be a massive moral victory for us, right? That's what they told us. That's what President Biden told us. We're going to feel great about ourselves morally, right? Don't you feel great about yourself because you're paying more for energy bills and your water bills and all of it? Don't you feel better about yourself because it's going to hurt Putin? That's the way they want you to feel about it. Even if it were a little bit colder. Yeah, the, let's go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say the whole time I'm pumping gas now, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah giving, it to, giving it to them. Yeah, Give Putin. it to them, yeah. Take yeah. more of my take money. Take that. Take my, take my pump. I'm even going to pull it out a little bit and pump a little bit more in, even though it tells me not to. Just a, just a little couple more drops. You're not supposed and to do that. And then you smoke a cigarette and you throw the butt right down <laughs> yeah. in the gasoline. Yeah. You like, guys. Take that, Putin. Don't do that either. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, that's manipulated media. Yeah. So even we if it were a little bit colder advisors. this winter and we can't eat food, you need to feel better about yourself. At the same time, it will be a crushing defeat for Putin because they keep telling us that he deserves it, right? He's the one that deserves this. In France, the same thing. Emmanuel Macron yesterday told his citizens to get ready for a brutal winter. Here is Emmanuel Macron. Macron warns French sacrifices will be needed as tough winter looms. This but not for them, not for anybody in this room, right? No, I they bet, will I bet stay Emmanuel nice Macron... and warm and have all of their jus with just all like of we saw their in, meat. Well, just like we saw in Sri Lanka, right? When they stormed the palace in Sri Lanka because of the corrupt government and the people said enough is enough is enough. We are not paying these high petrol costs anymore. Yeah. You are putting these crazy Russian sanctions that's leading to what we're dealing with here in Sri Lanka in part, not all of it, but corrupt, corrupt government. They storm the palace. They get inside the palace where there's been record temperatures, super hot, right? They can't pay for air conditioning. They get inside the palace and it's super nice and chill and cool. Really nice. Yeah. Right. All kinds of foods that the, the, that the people of Sri Lanka don't have access to. So, you know, let, them, mean, eat, let them eat cake. It, yeah. In France, they've also had these famines before while yeah. royalty ate just fine. So Macron. Well, took can I say. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say really quick how, how bad his analogy is, though, because he said you, you can't negotiate with a robber who has you pinned to the ground. That's literally all you can do with the no, robber. I, I was thinking of the same thing the with the bear. Like if a bear has your leg, if you had some other, if you had bear spray or you had another piece of meat that you could toss to him, he'd leave yeah. you alone maybe. maybe. I'm just saying. I don't right. know. So his or, analogy or, is like they don't even make sense. Or a I thing don't of understand hun- what you're saying about the bear either. So. Or a thing of honey. Move on from Anyway, all right, let me get back to Macron. <laughs> uh, but so Macron took it a step further and declared that we now have an end of abundance. Yes, he actually said this. We, we, we are now at an end of abundance, and it's your moral obligation to embrace this end of abundance. What we are living through is a time of great upheaval, he said, and an end of abundance. Listen. What we are living through is a time of great upheaval. Firstly, because we are witnessing, and not just since this summer, but over the past few years, the end of what we might have seen as abundance. And for those who enjoyed it, it is also the end of a carefree time. Our freedom, the liberty to which we have grown accustomed to in our lives, has a price. And sometimes when we have to defend it, we have to make certain sacrifices as we fight to defend it. That very well may be true, but then... I don't want to see you in your Louis Vuitton suits, right? But don't even give him the benefit of that. If that's even that, true. That if it, it very well may be true. For who is the thing, right? You're making these decisions that will hurt poor, the poorest people first, will cost lives. Right. Again, as we talked about in yesterday's show, cold weather kills more people than hot weather. Right. So when winter is coming and you're saying, well, you, you just won't need to be as warm, that's for them, right? But the poorest amongst us will die from this. Alexander Linson in our chat says, animal farm all over again. Yes, right? Yeah, it is. You're, so you'll suffer uh, because Putin deserves it. And, you know, again, why? Why is no one asking and questioning? I mean, our show, we are questioning these leaders. But why is no one else standing up? And so he just won well, a re-election, by the way. <laughs> We're to believe that he has that much power over the entire world. Right. 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 So Putin is to blame for all of it, right? He's to blame for your rising energy costs. He's to blame for the fact that you can't get food. Putin is to blame for your family's uh, inability to get health insurance. Uh, you're, uh, He's to blame that fitted sheets are not wide enough to fit king-size beds. <laughs> right. Oh, don't even get me started about linens yeah. in Europe. Putin is to I blame for the violence in Philadelphia. Putin is to blame for, you know, for me having a flat car tire like last week. He's to blame for it all. But I think that people are rightly so now saying, look, you are our politician. You were voted in to protect us. You are making decisions that are harming us. And it's time to stop that. And don't ask us to sacrifice when we've been through two and a half years of a pandemic. Yeah. And France, France had some of the most draconian measures of who could even go to work and who could not, right? People lost their jobs for their refusal to take the vaccine. Uh, people lost their... Uh, no. And you couldn't even go to France, right? That There's just... Now you want us to suffer some more? Yeah. And when, again, it was the middle class that did just fine during the pandemic could work from home, could educate their children, could feed their children, right? So again, we're putting this next thing on the poorest and the weakest. So President Biden uh, said that you will need to suffer because Putin deserves it. Here's how President Biden says it. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. 
We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. So, of course, that's a lie. Two things emerge from that soundbite that I want to address. One is what great liars these politicians are, right? They're seasoned in it. Uh, here you have Biden telling us that his administration did not enact policies to curb domestic energy production, which is a bald. Is it bald face lie or bold face lie? I think I it's bald face, right? I, I always bald said face. bold, but then, yeah, I, I always said bold. And, and then I somebody's think, like, oh, no, yeah, it's bald. Bald like, face. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's bald face liar. Yeah, it's bald. Bald. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so he did. He shut down immediately the Keystone XL pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. He immediately, uh, the, and then he also shut down all new energy leases and new permits on federal land, right? Yes. And, and then the other thing that he emerges that. from this soundbite is how unified Western leaders are in trying to use Putin as their scapegoat for their failed policies, which gets to the heart of what I want to address in this. After this speech, you had Republicans and Democrats praising him for his tough stand um, against Putin. Almost all of Europe applauded Biden's tough stance, the United States' tough stance against Putin. So we were going to boycott his oil and gas. European leaders in Belgium fell in love, and they fell right in line with this and did the exact same thing. Here's Ursula von der Leyen. Later today, we will present a package of massive and targeted sanctions to European leaders for approval. With this package, we will target strategic sectors of the Russian economy by blocking their access to technologies and markets that are key for Russia. We have issued now five packages of sanctions. The sixth one is on the table, and these sanctions are hitting the Russian economy hard, and that's what they have to do. But you're also right. Um, when uh, this war, this uh, invasion started, uh, Europe was heavily dependent on Russian oil, gas, and coal. Hmm. Doesn't she look, by the way, doesn't she look like the uh, the creepy woman from uh, the Hawkins Laboratory in Stranger Things or wherever she was from the first season? Um, she does look like that actress, yeah. but let's not call her creepy. Okay. But, yes. Uh, so what exactly did Western leaders do all of this at the same time? Why did the U.S. ban more drilling of fossil fuels? Why did Germany suddenly shut down its nuclear power plants? Why did the... Well, and why did we also sell sell uh, our emergency reserves to China. Yeah. Why did we sell our, uh, yes, our oil stockpiles to, to China when it should have gone to the United States? Why did the Netherlands suddenly enact crazy nitrogen policies that against middle-class farmers that drove them out of business to, into revolt where they're dumping manure at the foot of government offices and buildings? By the way, the media is not even covering that story. Even Dutch newspapers are ignoring that story. But they're not giving up, and they're still in revolt. Of course, the media is ignoring it because they're falling right in line with what the World Economic Forum wants them to do. This has been always a social – this is – the whole thing has been about social reorganization from the beginning. That started under COVID, and when they shut down hundreds of thousands of small businesses and hundreds of thousands of the United States alone, uh, they gave more power to Walmart uh, and big corporations, took away your personal freedoms – watched as you defaulted on bank loans so they could swoop in and buy up your land and your homes because they knew you couldn't afford it. 
and continuing under the auspices now of the war in Ukraine and Putin. So we've, we're continuing what we're doing under COVID under Putin. So Justin Trudeau in Canada has been watching all of this and actively participating in Canada's decline by doing the, the very same things. Now, I think Canada is an interesting case study in middle-class decline because of how quickly it's happened under Trudeau. You can actually trace it directly to Trudeau's government policies. Within weeks of taking office, here he was. Watch. Hi, everyone. Last October, we promised Canadians real change right away. We promised to deliver a tax cut for middle-class Canadians by asking the wealthiest to pay a little more. Within weeks of forming government, we did just that. It was the fair and right thing to do and the smart thing to do for Canada's economy. Oh, really? Taxes on the middle class actually went up. And if you read the studies on it, which I have, by eliminating a whole host of middle class tax benefits, it actually created higher personal taxes. So the middle class suffered as a result of these policies. And therefore, you exacerbated the decline of the middle class in Canada. The exact opposite of what he just said happened. And it shrunk the middle class. Sometimes it's hard to measure uh, these things, but not in Canada. I think Canada is a really interesting case study because it has arguably the best middle class, the wealthiest middle class in the world, or it did. As of the year 2010, Canada was named the country with the strongest and the wealthiest middle class. In fact, up until just a few years ago, most Canadians actively referred themselves, actively referred to themselves as middle class. In 2019, when compared to the United States, Canada's middle class had an average wealth of $106,000 compared to the U.S. at $61,000. Listen to that. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And Canada had a much lower percentage of people living in poverty, making less than $10,000 a year. In fact, way more Canadians lived making more than $100,000 a year. That was the norm. It was very rare to find someone who was making less than $10,000. Pretty great numbers a few years ago. But all of that started to change under Trudeau, who was following in line with these same policies that Europe and the United States have been following. Soaring housing costs, economic insecurity, contract work rather than full-time employment. Within just a few short years of Trudeau taking over, 47% of Canadians describe themselves as middle class. That sounds still kind of high, but it's actually a huge drop because just a few years earlier, over 70% of Canadians considered themselves middle class. In just those few years, it went from 70% to 47% in Canada. Canada fell in line with these green energy policies being created by the World Economic Forum, cut domestic oil and gas production, Import more than 50% of your fuel from Russia. Like, what the hell? Really? Yeah. That way you'll hit government emissions goals, right? So you can, we all can feel good when we go to our World Economic Forum meetings with Klaus Schwab because, well, we, we've reduced our domestic production. We're just importing it all now. But good job, Canada. Good job, United States. Good job, Europe. You're doing the right thing but you're importing it all from Russia and China and other places where you need these rare earth minerals and commodities, but you don't have them anymore. So you'll look good in front of Klaus Schwab and your people will suffer because you're paying more for everything. Here's how Forbes described it. Look at this. U.S. Uh, Canada, not Russia, now leading U.S. importer of refined petroleum products. 
So Canada, which sits on a massive natural resource deposits, imports most of their gas from other countries. Makes zero sense. But okay. And then came COVID, and Trudeau took things to the next level, seizing people's bank accounts and shuttering businesses and taking away all those personal freedoms on top of it. So which brings me back to my original question. Why do Europe and President Biden fear Vladimir Putin? Again, it's not about the safety of the Ukrainian people. They don't care about the Ukrainian people at all. They don't care about that. If they did, they'd be pushing for peace right now. You saw what Boris Johnson did, which is the exact opposite of peace, pushing for more war, more people to die. But yesterday, Boris Johnson doubled down. He doubled down and said, do not push for peace. Now, the real reason they fear Vladimir Putin is because Putin controls the gas pump. And he is a mirror for their own failed energy policies. It's like looking in the mirror and realizing, oh my God, we screwed up. The next, I mean, the Great Reset has been a total failure. And Putin is like showing it right back in their faces that this has collapsed. When the West looks at Putin, they're terrified that his move into Ukraine exposed this greatest lie of all. The West, you know, the Western plan to crush the middle class has been exposed. They won't admit it, so it's easier just to blame Putin for it all. This is why the media isn't covering the story, the Dutch farmer revolt, the collapse in Sri Lanka, and all of these other big stories, because what it does is it shows the emperor has no clothes. But it, it shows could be the failure of this whole that thing. without this conflict, right, they wouldn't have this scapegoat to say, oh, no, it's not our economic policies. It absolutely is Putin. That's why we're all feeling this way. So if, the, I mean, we can't observe both things, right? But if this hadn't happened, there would be some different type of scapegoat. So it's convenient, though, that the West has Putin right now because it feels like these economic forces would be happening either way. They might blame it on China. I mean, they're actively trying right. to do that as but well. We're saying, and, but there's no doubt that sanctions are having the boomerang effect on the West and hurting the West even further. But at least, so we sort of have to take it. The, the sanctions feel like it's like a Band-Aid on an amputee. Like, see, it's you're hurt because of this cut, not because you've actually lost a limb, right? right? And so we'll, we can point to that as why we're hurting when we probably would otherwise be hurting. But the, the, the line about how, well, we should all take it. We should all just say it's okay. We'll be a little cold this year, right? Um, although yeah, I, of- I have not been to Canada the deepest, coldest of winter, these places, but my sense of it is, because I'm afraid, um, is that you can't ask those people to be colder. Like to not be warm. go to Yellowknife. Uh, like I think Yellowknife is like the coldest spot in Canada in the world, right? I think Yellowknife or something like that. Um, yeah, you can't get colder than that. But you're asking people to pay way more for their fuel. Now you can't. We don't have access to gas, right? And so there's all these interesting carve outs for gas, right? So Germany, you know, uh, Canada concedes and gives back these these turbines to Germany. Germany's yeah. going to fire those back up again so they can keep, you know, gas flowing um, from Gazprom and get those things back up and running. So there's all these hip- hypocritical carve-outs to try to, you know, to, to, to continue to keep these fossil fuels going, while at the same time trying to pretend like this green new energy deal that the World Economic Forum has been pushing is really working. Yeah. But last week we had the United States pass a $700 billion bill that will do nothing to reduce inflation. To or help climate. The, or climate to help the American people order. But instead, it's a huge carve out and a boon to the corporate, the corporate lobbyists and the green lobbyists that are going to make billions off of this bullshit. 
Yes, which was why I was really interested in the story that we wrote this morning about Japan returning to nuclear power, because we've discussed this on the show many times, that nuclear kills fewer people per unit of energy than any other energy that we've got right now. And plus, Japan is saying, look, we need to be less dependent on foreign imports. We had this bad thing happen at the Fukushima plant over 10 years ago that was caused by an earthquake, but now the reactors have been constructed in a safer way. And we think we should research this again because we just can no longer be dependent on geopolitics. Um, I think that that is something, if every nation did, would really scare these hegemonic countries right now, like pretty much all of the West, right? right. I, I do think it would also scare Ch Russia. It would scare China, right? Because these places do depend on foreign exports. Um, I, you know... Well, China's building a number of nuclear power plants and right so now. And so is Russia. Yeah. Right. But uh, this is not necessarily to export. This is to keep their own lights on. Right. Yeah. And again, 60% of Russia's economy depends on their uh, on commodities and selling commodities. So, you know, again, Europe knew this was coming. Europe had many, many years to plan for this. And so now the reason that they're so scared of Vladimir Putin is because it shines a, it shines a light. You know, it's almost like what the, the famous saying, like, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what this is. Like people who are I'm pretty sure that's an Al-Anon saying Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, it's whatever. The, when people are hurting, the reason that they're lashing out at other people is because uh, they're hurting themselves. Right. Yes. They're saying nasty things. So that's exactly what's happening here.